0: Hello everyone, my name is Dave Luza from This Game Is Broke. You are listening to Board Game Mechanics. Jason and Joel will tell you everything you want to know about board games. They're two amazing guys. I think. I mean, we haven't met, but I guess they're amazing. I mean, they sent me an email that they thought I was amazing to record this message for them. So please Enjoy Board Game Mechanics, an amazing podcast,
1: I think, I, yeah. Hey
0: everybody, it's, like, what are we in now? Is this still February? I guess this is our last show in February. This month has gone by really quick. Uh, we're the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Joel. With
1: me, as always, is... Hey, guys. What's going on? It is Jason.
0: Uh, I guess that like frame of reference, because we do such timely news. I mean, we have really important news that we do on this show every <laughs> week. We never skip the
1: news. Yep, that's true.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we can just get, get away with this uh, up-top stuff and get right to the news. Right, Jason? <laughs> uh,
1: uh, let's um, Let's revisit the news next week.
0: Oh yeah. fiddle
1: sticks. I let us down this time. It's alright. No
0: news. Ah, oh, darn I didn't have any either. <laughs> I, I sometimes try and bring A piece, but yeah, I didn't have anything either. Um the other thing too is if you're a recent listener, we man, we try and be silly and lighthearted sometimes in the show. Try, I guess, operative word. And these last few episodes have felt really like succinct to the point, very direct. And that's because I think we're trying to get these these Get these top 100 games the attention they deserve. So, uh, I don't know. If it's felt a little different to you guys who have been around for a while, that's probably why. Um, If it feels good, tell us to keep being serious, I guess. I don't
1: know. Yeah, you'll get what you get. We never know what we're going to do.
0: I know. Um, We We have some good interviews coming up, though, after what we have. Is this the second to last episode? It is. Two more. That's it. Wow. We're going to talk about some good games this week. All right. Well, let's talk about what we played first, I guess, huh, Jason? All right. Sounds good.
1: All right, so uh, first game I want to talk about because I'm going to do a little bonus game after you say your game. And that game that I'm going to talk about first is Newton. I'm just going to jump right into it. And you are right, Newton is amazing. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so this is a game where you're playing five cards per round. You're going to take an action to either maybe move your scientist around to visit different locations or universities, you might move your student around to go discover some new technologies. You may just work to get some cash. You could study to make your deck better, or you can put books on your bookshelf. I don't really know how that's thematic, but you're filling in your bookshelf with some books. You're going to do that over, I think, six rounds, and whoever has the most points is the winner. Uh, this, I played this game at two players, and it is incredibly fast at two. It almost took us longer to set up the game than it did for us to play a two-player game of this. It was yeah. super fast, maybe 30, 45 minutes. So I can't wait to play it again. And I love this game. Simone Luciani, I think, is the designer, and Nestor something—I can't remember the other guy's name. So, if you're into him at all, check this game out. It will not disappoint. So, Newton, awesome.
0: Nestor, the long-eared Christmas donkey, I think, um, <laughs> is what you're thinking of.
1: Yeah, that sounds right.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw that terrible claymated feature. Uh, yes, I have. That, I have is- seen that. <laughs> That's a joke that Jason kind of got, maybe. I don't know. And four other people listening to the show. Um, No, it's a good game for sure. The only complaint I have about it is I wish they had like a pre printed, everything's pre printed on the board for like a fixed setup, just quick game, Um, like basic learning game, introductory game, maybe. And then you put the tiles over the top of those to do variable setup. Yeah. Because then you could do like a quick game setup just put the boards down and start playing because that variable setup thing does take a while to set up. Um, But, I mean, it's not terrible. Yeah, that would be
1: cool. It's
0: not terrible. The other thing, too, is you can say, hey, find the shapes these match and stick things on there and, like, have everyone start doing it, too. Right. So it almost sets up quicker with more players. Um, I don't know. But, it's yeah, it's definitely good. Without thinking too hard about it, it would be my my top 50.
1: Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, there isn't a game of this designer that, spoilers, is not going to be in my top 100, so... (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I like him a lot.
0: Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a pretty good game. Um, it's one that we both missed last year. I th- it certainly would have made my top 10 games last year, for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. Hands down. So, I
0: I don't know. Coimbra, I think, is probably better than it still. But it's good, man.
1: It is good. Yeah, I, I may like Coimbra a little bit better, but <laughs> I do like uh, Newton a lot.
0: Well, you haven't said Coimbra yet, and we're in the top 20 <laughs> games, so... <laughs>
1: I already told you, man. It's not. It's not on my list. Uh this week. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, well, I I played. Uh, I'm gonna talk real quick about this. Uh, I played Union Pacific, Airlines Europe is a game that I really love, and it's not on my list this week either. Um, but this Union Pacific's like kind of a version of Airlines Europe. It's by Alan Moon. Um, Both games are by Alan Moon and and Airlines Europe is like I think they lost the license and there were some ways that he wanted to streamline the game that became Airlines Europe and I like that game a lot like I love that game actually and Union Pacific I played a variant from a guy that I play in the board game group with up here where I'm at and he basically plays it in such a really cool variant way that I think it's how the game should be period. And it makes the game at least as good as Airlines Europe. Um, there's like these extra fiddly track cards. He just ditches those. You can play without the board if you want to with his variant. I mean, just it's really a real light, quick way to play. And it's just a neat stock market, kind of route building game. Um, really neat. The art in it's great, really cool. Um, I like all the trains and stuff. I, I don't know. It's just a really great game. Union, Union Pacific. I played it. Man, I don't want to talk too long about it because it's kind of hard to get people to play it because you can't you can't find it. Um, they were selling copies in Germany pretty cheap for a long time, but I think those finally dried up. But it's just a really, really great like economic stock market type game where you're putting down trains to make the train the the stock more valuable for those train companies or buying more shares of stock, basically, or investing more in these other stocks. And the way how he plays it with like basically no money involved, no, I mean just streamlines it so simple. Um, if it's something that like if people are really honest to get interested in it, I'll type up his his homebrewed rules, but. Um, the guy the guy I play with, his name Paul, man, he has this amazing homebrew version of it. Jason will have to play it because it plays super quick, too. So, anyway, Union Pacific, uh, it, man, the the variant I played of it is just so darn good that, like, it might be Airlines Europe for me. I just everything I like about Airlines Europe and stock games plays in this really compact, streamlined train game, Union Pacific. So, I, I mean, I don't have a whole lot more to say.
1: Yeah, I've never played this game, but I would like to, so maybe we'll try it sometime with that variant. Cool. Um, I have one more I wanted to talk about really quickly. Bonus game. Game. This is a game I just did a review on this week. Go check out our YouTube channel for more if you like what you hear. And this game is called Alliance, the card game. And what this game is, is it's a two-player game where each player is taking control of an army. There's going to be a leader, some generals, but mostly like just infantry guys. And what you're going to do is on your turn, you're going to pick two of your guys, You're going to roll a die. Each of the characters have three numbers that the die is going to hit on. So say the the character I'm going to attack with has a two, four, and a six. If I roll a two, it may have this amount of hits. If I roll a four, it may have this, six, same thing. But if I hit roll one, three, or five, I don't hit. So I could just waste my turn based on lucky die rolls. So if you like two-player card games and you kind of like, you know, just rolling dice and battling and seeing what happens, I say check this one out, and that is Alliance the Card Game. And if you want to know more about how it plays, you can see more about that in the video.
0: Well, that's cool, Jason. Alliance, uh, the game. Yeah, you've got a video up of that. Man, you do so many good videos, Jason, and you're getting better everyone, every one, I think. So, cool. If that sounded cool to you, do, definitely do go check out the Alliance video on YouTube. Um, we, have, we have a bunch of videos there. I think we have over 100 videos on there now, which is insane. So, uh, mostly because of you.
1: All right, so... Two more episodes of the podcast where we continue our top 100. Well, finish our top 100, I guess. And today, we're going to talk about numbers 20 through 11. So these games are incredible. I would play any of these games anytime somebody asks, and I'm sure you feel the same way.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, these, are, these are getting into the games where you could wake me from a dead sleep, and I would get up and play this game.
1: All right. So I'm just going to jump right in. And my number 20... Is a game that is by our boy Stefan Feld, and it is a card game mostly with the superfluous bl- board. And that game is Bruges.
0: Yeah, you're gonna make me go. RIP.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're you're just sad because you traded yours away, but you got some good games in return, so that's all right.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like, yeah, and I think I don't know Bruges. Bruges, I think, is on my list, but. Both the games I traded it for will end up being higher on my list than Bruges, so that's fine. But Bruges is a great game, (laughs) and I think I told you this when the trade came through, is that I liked having a game that was hard to get more than I liked having the game, probably, honestly. So, I don't know. It's a cool game, though.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I do enjoy this game. And essentially what you're doing in this game is playing cards. The cards can be used in a few different ways. You can discard them to take some actions on the board. You can play them face down as a building. You can play them as the card that's, or the character that's on the card that you can maybe activate later with a worker. You can discard them, I think, to get workers. I haven't played it for a while, so I'm kind of spotty on the actions, but basically it's all driven through cards. You're trying to fend off yourself against rats and fires, you know, normal Steffenfeld stuff, and build some canals, and whoever has the most points is the winner. It's super easy. Uh, The artwork's okay, but it's a, it's one of the better card games that I've played, and Deffenfeld put his twist on it, so I really like it. So my number 20 is Bruges.
0: Yeah, it belongs in there for those multi-use cards. I mean, if anything else, that's a cool... I mean, his use of that's really good, I think. Um, but very cool. My number 20, Jason, is one that you were like, dude, you need to play this game. You'll like it, I think. It's, it's just good. And I put off playing it forever because it was described as a tiling game. And in my mind, I have a terrible bias against tiling games because... Carcassonne's like the one I think of in my head. And that game to me is really stale and boring. And I know people love it, but to me it's pretty boring. Um, but this is a tiling game and it's got a lot more going on for it than just laying tiles. And that's heaven and Ale. I just love how this, the game just goes together so well, all the parts of it. And it's like really, it feels like a puzzle you're trying to solve. Um, it's, it's just hard to balance your money with your moving things up on the tracks um and i i played this one just with two players uh, uh this weekend and i don't think it plays as well with two players as it does with three or four because the game ends up being really short and you don't get to make as many trips around the board as you would like to otherwise but um i don't know man i i think it's just a really good game and i know you get to probably take more spaces when there's only two players so it kind of balances but i just it's it's a really good game um really enjoy it my number 20 is heaven and ale The theme's fun, that you're brewing beer as these monks. It's got really nice-looking art. All the components in it are pretty nice. Um, Save the player boards, but they're not bad. Um, But this is from Eggerspiel, I believe, and that's Heaven and Ale.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was lower on my list. I still like it, but again, yeah, I don't really love tile-playing games either, but I do like this game a lot. It's good. Yeah, very cool. All right, my number 19 is another game from What's Your Game, and this is about being the head of an Italian family, sending out your sons to learn military skills and sending out your daughters to get married. And this game is called Signori or Signore, however you say it. I'm not Italian. Um, so basically, you're going to roll dice in this game, and you're going to draft a die. Based on the value of the die and the color of the die, that's going to be the action you can take. If if your die is too low, you have to pay some influence, which is coins. If it's too high, you can get do it for free, but you may not hit the threshold to get an end-of-the-round bonus. So these actions are going to be sending your, your sons off to learn military skills and diplom- diplomat skills so they can go over to foreign lands and score tiles. Or you're getting your daughters married to the these sons that were sent off to the foreign lands to score tiles because there's like a set collection deal where each track you want to collect certain colors of flags. Um, you're trying to get married so you can have more kids, so you have more options for actions get more th- stuff normal what's your game stuff tons of different actions you can do tons of possibilities deep thank you game and I really like it so my number 19 Signore
0: cool uh, that's your 17th what's your game game on this list and there's still eleven to go <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> I have a lot of them. I do. I really do.
0: I man, I had no idea that you thought this one was was that good. That's cool, man. I really uh, don't know much about this game, but it sounds interesting. And if it's what's your game, then I know it's probably too hard for me to learn.
1: <laughs> it's actually one of their lighter ones. It's pretty. It, I mean, light is relative, but it's a lighter game from them. Yeah,
0: no, they make they make a good weight of games for sure. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I'd be interested in this one. I think. There's probably a lot of other things I'd rather play that we haven't played yet, but this one sounds like it'd be interesting. Um, cool. Just don't know a lot about it. Uh, my number nineteen, Jason, is Key Flower, not Forge. Um, Key Forge might have made this list if I had played it more before I put my list together. It's a good game, but Key Flower is my number nineteen. Uh, it made your list last week. It's just kind yeah, of a, a cool combination of like village building, logistics auction, um, people hoarding, I don't know. Um, and it's just kind of a cool game. Uh, I think this is one that I'm going to play on Thanksgiving every chance I get because it's the only Thanksgiving themed game I can think of. I guess it's not really even Thanksgiving themed, but they're like pilgrims kind of, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's as close as you're going to get probably.
0: Yeah. Except for, well, except for Bob Ross and the art of cornucopia drawing. I don't know. Is that game real? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know.
1: It will be in a few hard months
0: a boy, Target. <laughs> no, key Keyflower, you talked about it uh, last week and everything you said about it and then some. Um, it's a really good game. It does fall flat sometimes when you play with people who don't know how to be aggressive and nasty and funny when you do that auctioning stuff. Um, if people are being really nice in this game, it actually ends up falling kind of a little bit flat. So you kind of want really competitive people to play this. And I don't know. You don't want to be the only competitive person, too, though, because like you and another person can really go head to head and then like a third party or fourth party can kind of just skate and be really competitive or beat you guys so i don't know it's really interesting that green person mechanism and it's really cool um just a good good euro, good weight nice medium weight game um doesn't outstay it's welcome key flower
1: yep it's a good family weight game i agree
0: yeah children's game
1: (laughs) no that is a fun game i would like play again maybe now that I understand it a little more, I think I would like it even more than I did the first time.
0: Yeah, it's it's just, it's unique. There's not a lot else like it.
1: All right. My number 18 is a game that I've been trying to get you to play for a while, because I'm not sure how you feel about it or if you would like it, but it's a great game, and I like to introduce it to is anybody it that I can. about dressmaking? It is about dressmaking, and it is called Rococo.
0: My interest in this game got so much higher once it became like a $300 game. It's like, oh, it must be good.
1: <laughs> it really is. So... What this game is, it's kind of a a slow deck builder, really slow. But the interesting thing of of how you're using your cards is you can look through your whole entire deck and pick three cards that you want to play. Cuz each each round you're going to pick three cards. So if you have a deck of 12 cards, you can look through there and pick any three that you want to play. You don't have to shuffle and get them. So you're kind of buying cards and then you're going to get you could possibly use that card in the next round. What you're trying to do is you're trying to collect uh, silk and fabric to make these Dresses and coats for these People who are going to this dance You're trying to put the Dresses on display in certain Levels of the castle maybe Getting up into the top of the king so after The game is over you can go on top of the The castle and watch the firework Display you're trying to invest Money in these statues to make all Of your dresses that are out on the floor worth extra Tons of points you maybe be firing Your workers so you can get some points it's a good game. It's it's amazing. I it's probably one of the my highest played games from last year. That's how much I dig this. So my number eighteen, Rococo.
0: I mean, like it's probably your highest played game because you played it with the uh, like like preschool daycare children that you play games with. It's definitely a children's game for you, but
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's it's pretty light.
0: It's kind of light for you, really, isn't it? I mean, honestly,
1: yeah, it's a little light. It's probably light medium, like legit. It's not a super heavy game. It has a decent amount of rules, but it's not it's not a complicated game by any means.
0: Yeah, I think I'd play it for sure. It looks kinda cool. Um, well it doesn't look cool, but your pull up for it makes it seem cool. So I'd definitely play it.
1: The theme can be a turn off to some people. I get that I do not I d I don't I don't care. I think it's a fun game.
0: I really yeah. don't care, honestly, about the theme. Honestly, I, I don't that much. Um, design is more of a turn off to me than anything. And they used just such a bad font on that game. I don't know. Maybe not bad font. I don't know. It's fine. I just kidding. That game's perfect. I should never criticize it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe somebody will offer you a trade for that game. Yep.
0: I'll take it off your hands, kids. Uh, my number <laughs> my number 18 is a real hard-to-find gem, too. It's a real rare beauty of a game. Not many people have played it. It's uh, called Ticket to Ride. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. So out of print.
0: No, this is just a good game. I think everybody, everybody likes this game, or... They're like, yeah, I don't like that game. I, it's not that great. And I say that because I've played it 200 times. Oh, you play a game that you don't like that much 200 times. I get it. Okay. So, I mean, either at one point in your life you really <laughs> like this game or you still do like it, I think. I mean, it's just a good rummy type game. Um, anybody can figure it out. It's easy to play. Just tons of table accessibility. It's Days of Wonder. It's beautifully done. Um, it's just, it's just a fun game. And the only thing I'd suggest is if you're going to get the base game that you get to play, go out and pick up the 1910 expansion. I think there's 1910 and 1912. Uh, once for Europe, ones for the base game or for the, for the vanilla flavored game, get the, get that expansion though. Cause it adds enough variance to it to make the game more fun. But then the biggest thing is it gets rid of those little small size cards, man. They're just the pits. So if you can get rid of those small cards, the game's even better. Um, but ticket to ride, and uh, actually, I have a 10th anniversary edition of this game, which is kind of awesome, too. That one's fun to play, too. It's got fancy, done-up trains and stuff. My wife got it for each other for our anniversary one year because we both like that game quite a bit. So, number 18, Ticket to Ride.
1: Yeah, I'm, I actually can't remember if I put it on my list or not. I don't think I did, but I I would play this game if somebody wanted to play it. I, I like it just fine. It's just not something I'm going to pull out on my own to play.
0: I mean, like the the other thing, too, is like if I played this game with you, I would play... As much trying to block you and like harm you in this game as as I would try and help myself because it becomes a nasty competitive like kind of mean game too after you play it on the next level. So when I play with serious gamers, I hoard my cards, I hoard cards they're trying to get. So if I know you're trying to complete a big pink route, I'll take every pink card I can and just let it sit in my hand. I mean, so there's there's a lot of layers to this game. Like that initial, I'm just gonna play happy friendly rummy can turn definitely into like, I'm going to cut your throat and make you cry. Like as you play this game more and more. So I don't know. I, I like that about it too. But yeah, it was my 18. Uh,
1: my number 17 is another game by my boy, Simone Luciani. I like him almost as much as I like what's your game. And it actually has a co-designer, Danielle Tashini. I'm not sure if I say those names right, but this game is Zolkin, the Mind calendar.
0: Yeah. You love this one.
1: Oh, I do love this game. Uh, It's kind of a gimmicky game. It has the gears, but I think the gears are super important because it kind of simulates passing of time in an interesting way. So what you're trying to do in this game is you have, I think, three workers that get started. You're putting workers out on a space on this gear, and on your turn, you're either going to put workers out or you're going to pull workers back. You can't do both. So say I put two workers out. I may have to pay some corn, which is essentially the money of the game and then i can let those workers hang out in that gear as long as i want and the farther they go around the gear the better the action they can take so you're kind of it's kind of like a push and pull of you know i always got to have a guy that i can put out cuz i may need these other three guys to keep riding around on the on the gears so i'm just going to keep using this guy to take a crappy action pull him off keep doing it over and over until i can get the other guys where i want them to go so it's a fascinating game it has tracks it has cubes it has crystal skulls like Indiana Jones, and I dig that. So my number 17, Zolkin, the Mayan calendar.
0: Yeah, it's a good game for sure. I need to play this one again. It's been years since I played it. Um, I acknowledge it's a really good game. I have some really like unfair biases against it, and they are this. Like, that game came out in 2012. And so that was that whole like the end of the world's going to happen because of the calendar thing. So I was like, "Oh yeah." This is, <laughs> I was like, "Man, this is like Fortnite Fortniteopoly or something. Like it's just a like flavor of the month game that's just trendy based on this 2012 hype and hysteria." And it's not really. I mean, like the theme is kind of non-existent in the game. And then and then the other thing too is this is the first ever hype monster game that I ever remember. Um, like this game when it came out, it shot up the board game geek ratings into the top ten, I think, at one point. Definitely top 20. And I mean, it was just like, uh, if you're a board gamer, you play this game and you love this game. And I was like, kind of contrarian at the time. So, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I think that kind of sit with me. So totally irrational, totally stupid things that make me feel the way I feel about this game. Um, but again, if you want to trade me your copy, I'll take it off your hands, guys. So, um, no, it's a good game. Really good game. And I have totally unfair, stupid biases against it. And I'm going to say it's a really good game and cool game. So, yeah. And the way how you described it was the best way I've ever heard it described. Because most of the time people like are like, hey, what's this What's this game about? And they go, um, it's got these big plastic gears and you turn them and then different things happen. Like the, that waiting mechanism, like you described it the best way I've ever heard it waited. I heard it. Heard it explain so good job on that
1: thank you well that's what it is i mean
0: it is it is this reminds me of a game that totally criminally i think missed my top 100 jason oh my word how did that happen (laughs) oh my gosh okay well i guess just tear this list up we'll start over uh going back to it's now number 100 it was 99 uh grim force is now my number 100 game and i'll just keep reading these till i get these right so uh number 98 then is i'm just kidding i'm not actually going to do that guys um but, man, I definitely forgot to put The Village on my list. That would make it on my list somewhere. Um, kind of a similar era game. That's why I thought of it now. But, anyway, if this made it into the podcast, the final one, I like The Village a lot. Um, just didn't make my list. But my, <laughs> my number 17 really is um, The Alchemists. This is one that I think, you know, talk about gimmick games. This one's definitely in that category, too. Because this is the first game I remember where you had to have the app to play the game or really, really kind of um, – it's strongly suggested. So this is a game where you're playing like this like little Sudoku puzzle kind of thing based on the reaction of different chemicals together. That's kind of at the, at the heart of the game. And that's what people talk about a lot with this game. Um, but really what's happening beyond that is it's a worker placement game where you can go different places to either gather ingredients, test ingredients, test ingredients on yourself, test them on an understudy, make potions to sell to travelers. That's really where you get your points and stuff. Um, and, and all of that stuff, um, just all works together really well, kind of a heavier game, not, not horribly heavy, but the problem solving part of it is really the heavy part. That you're basically trying to figure out, okay, well, if these two reacted this way and these two reacted this way, then using the process of, you know, like deductive reasoning, then I would have to guess that this element is this and this element's this. And so then if I wanted to make this kind of potion, I would use these elements, you know? So I mean, just trying to figure out how the hidden identities of these elements kind of works by using that reasoning kind of like kind of logic thing that you would do with like a Sudoku puzzle. It's just really fun. Um, and that's at the heart of the game, and it's kind of a race. You feel like you're trying to figure this out faster than anyone else. <laughs> the other thing about this game is the first few times you play it, you- you're going to make some kind of mistake in your reasoning, and it just screws your whole game up. And it's just kind of funny to just be like, "Well, I guess I lost this one." But you keep playing and having fun, I guess. Um, but I-, I mean, it just really it inevitably happens to people the first time they play it. They just they make some kind of reasoning error, and it just it makes the game really hard if you do that. Um, but just cool how it uses the pictures and the QR code kind of system built into the cards to get reactions to happen in the app, and then you use those reactions to try and solve the puzzle, and just really fun. Number 17, Alchemist.
1: Yeah, that's cool. This is one I definitely need to try because I've heard it's a pretty heavy beast, and so that gets me intrigued right there. So someday.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you like if you like Sudoku puzzles, like I don't know how else to describe it. It's just that same kind of problem solving where it's like if A, then B, but if, if C, then D, you know? I mean, like you just have to like, be able to solve that kind of like logic puzzles and it's really fun if you can
1: all right my number 16 is a game from cge and the designer is vladimir suchi and that game is the prodigals club uh i don't know if you know much about this but it's essentially the uh sequel to last will which is a game where you're trying to lose all your money but in this one you're trying to lose all your money you're trying to lose all the votes that you can in the house of commons and you're also trying to make your family hate you so you're trying to be the worst human being that you can possibly be and it's a worker placement game you're going to go to these spots you're going to collect these cards and then at the end of the worker placement era you're going to play these cards on your boards to make your money go away make your votes go down and you're going to do that over i think five rounds and then whoever based on whatever track you're the highest on, that's your score. So you can't just focus on the votes and get that down to zero, because if you have one up at really high, that's your score. So it's kind of like a balancing act, so you're losing in each thing equally, but doing it better than everybody else. So if you like those kinds of games, which I do, then the Prodigals Club is for you. So that's my number 16.
0: Yeah, the only way I have any familiarity with this game at all is I had a game by Vladimir Suchi named... 20th century, and so I like researched him as a designer a little bit, and most people said Last Will and Prodigal's Club are his better games. Um, I think, did Vladimir Suchi make Shipyard too? Is that him?
1: Yeah, Yeah, he did Shipyard.
0: So, I mean, he's a designer who's been around a little bit, um, but I've never played this one and don't really know a lot about it, but I know a lot of people regard it pretty highly, so, cool. That's an interesting pick, man. I, I think it's cool to have picks that not everyone has, you know, that are outside the BGG Top 100, and I'm not sure... Man, I'm pretty straight with the BGG top 100 in my top 20 here. So good job, Jason, being better than me.
1: <laughs> Do what I can.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I'm okay, I'm just kidding. Number 16 of mine is a, <laughs> a little-known French game by a little-known designer, um, and it's Le Havre.
1: Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Bruno Catala. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, well, it might as well be. Um, Le Havre <laughs> is my favorite Rosenberg game. On the record, for sure. Yeah, for sure it is. Um, I don't know. I just like this one. It's just uh, such a generous game. Every decision you make in it feels good and feels generous and like you're really getting to do something great um, until you look across the board or the table at your opponent and you're like, wait a minute. I thought I was doing really, really well. And he's built like three really good ships um, or whatever. I mean, they, they've done that you haven't done yet. So, um, LaHav is just a cool game where it's you're just waiting for things to pile up and just be a like wealth of fish or steel or whatever that you can take. And it's just like, man, this is too good to pass up. And you take it and then you use those resources to build some machinery to make yourself better. Um, and it's, it's a Rosenberg game. You got to feed people, but it's not real hard to do in this game.
1: <laughs> no, it's super easy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just looked at my highest Uve game too. And it was, in, I think it was in my forties. Which I can't believe it's that low, because I really do like that game. But I like all these games a little better, I guess.
0: You're the only person to not have a Rosenberg game in your top 20, I think, ever.
1: Yeah. I mean, Bonanza would be, but I had to leave that off the list, because it's just not fair to the other games.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's an unspoken that you and I both have <laughs> that one as, like, separate list. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, games yeah, games divinely inspired by the Lord <laughs> God Himself. I mean, like, they don't get to be on the list. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're always number zero. They're that good.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's why, you know, this and uh, every Philip DeBerry game is on a separate list.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, moving from the separate list back to this list.
0: We'll do that. We'll do that like sometime. <laughs> During Lent. I guess Lent starts soon, so we could do that as our as our top five divinely inspired games for Lent.
1: (laughs) From our super secret top ten list.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Ultra alternative (laughs) list.
1: (laughs) All right, so my number fifteen, going back to Simon Simone Luciani and Danielle Tashini, and it is Council of Four, first edition. Gotta make that clear on the record. And this is a game where you are it's kinda like Ticket to Ride esque. You're collecting sets of cards, doing some rummy stuff, and you're building um, little buildings out on this map. And you're trying to get the buildings to be connected to other buildings via roads. Because every time you build a new building, it triggers all the other buildings that you've already built that are connected. So you're trying to do that, and it's going to, the game ends once everybody gets all their houses out. It's a really simple game. It's, my edition has the, this cool mechanism where you can put guys in the council and then you knock them off. So they kind of just fall off the ledge onto the board, which I think is amazing. And it has a modular board that you can flip each side to the other side, and it kind of randomizes it a little bit. So if you like Simone Luciani and you like Ticket to Ride and you like network building games, definitely check this one out. My number 15, Council of Four.
0: This game I've played a couple times since this list came out and it would be much higher than i had it on this list which was number 69 um i would probably definitely have this one inside the top 40 this just game grows with you on repeated plays you just get better at it you see how the machinery works and man it's just a good game i mean i felt like the first time i played it it was like okay this is like turn and taxis ticket to ride type with little sliding pay scale type cost thing. And then you start to understand there's way more to it than that. There's just really good workings to this machine. So this is when the, on repeated plays gets better and better. Great pick, Jason.
1: Yeah, I'm with you that if I just played it last weekend and I think it would probably be even higher than it is right now.
0: Yeah, it's very good. So a couple of things. Remember when I joked about there not being a higher game from Uwe Rosenberg? I'm a at- <laughs> That was just a, I was just teasing about that. I was, a, I was joshing you a little bit there. Um, No, um, it's not the next game, but there there might be another higher (laughs) Rosenberg game. Um, So anyway, and then remember when I talked about how I used to be like the hype monster, I hate it. I'm going to fight against the hype monster. Well, um, my next 15 games, um, 15 (coughs) to number one, are brought to you almost exclusively by the hype monster. Um, So (laughs) now these are all games that were, not all of them, but a lot of them are games that were very hyped up at one time. And some of them pan out and some of them don't. And the ones that panned out made my list. So, number 15 uh, is the first of the games that was for sure, uh, for sure hyped about, uh, hyped up. And that is Blood Rage. Um, <laughs> this one had plenty of hype. So, um, this game's really good, though, and it still does hold up to the hype. It has miniatures in it. If it had just wooden cubes in it, Jason might play it. If it had just wooden cubes in it, though, it wouldn't be, like, the number five game on Board Game Geek or whatever it's at right now. Um, The miniatures are really amazing looking, and they are definitely a part of the reason why people love this game. But it's a really good game otherwise, too. It's just really cool how you're drafting these cards to try and make your little tribe better. Um, But then also you're trying to get these extra other miniatures that you can get that all have really stupid game-breaking powers. And so it's... Just every card you can draft feels so good. And then the other piece, too, that's just bizarre in this game is Ragnarok's happening. And so, like, every instinct I would have as a coward is, hey, Ragnarok's happening. I don't want to be there. I'm going to go somewhere else. Well, in this one, it's like, hey, man, fill up this province that's going to get Ragnarok soon. Because that's how you score points, by having so much honor from having your you know, people die. Um, so... I don't know. It's a neat game. Uh, Area control, really, I mean, at its core, but card drafting as well. And the miniatures in it, I mean, they're nice because they hold the territory and stuff, but I don't know, man. It's like, it's not, it's definitely not an Ameritrash game, and it's not like, get off the yardstick because we're going to measure and figure out, you know, like, field of vision kind of stuff either. Um, Combat's pretty minimal in this game, honestly, Um it's just mostly, like, who can get that crazy monster who destroys everything in this whole province? So, I don't know. Really fun card drafting. Cool game um, with some, like, kind of tableau building to it. So, that's it.
1: Blood Rage. How mean is this game? That's, like, my hesitation of playing it. I feel like it's mean. It's, like, super. But if you die, <laughs> if you die I mean, like, you get points, man. So, I mean,
0: like, losing in battle is, I mean, not necessarily in battle, but, like, losing people You're pretty okay with it. And, like, the thing is, too, every time you play this game, it's a little different because you get different combinations of cards handed to you that you can take. So, I mean, like, there's different ways that the game just plays out every time. So, I mean, like, there's been times where I've played it where everyone's fighting over one territory and there's a bunch of, you know, area control stuff happening. And there's other times where people are like, we're going to play nicely with nicely with each other. I'm going to try and score my points in my way, and you score your points in your corner. So, But it does have conflict and a lot of player interaction and, and mean, nasty stuff happening. in it. So that's going to be the big part that's going to discourage you. That and, you know, like the fact that you're meh about card drafting and you break out in hives when you have miniatures in the game. I mean, like those combinations of things, I would say I wouldn't suggest this one to you probably.
1: The card drafting and the miniatures, I don't even hate that as much as I hate the meanness. So, yeah, I probably will never play this game.
0: I mean, it'd be cool to play it one time just so you could be like, oh, I've experienced that, but in the same way that you'd maybe play Twilight Imperium 4. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, Okay. So let's talk about a good game. Uh, My number 14 is...
0: (laughs) That's awesome, because I felt like I was going to get hate for my description of that game, but now like you've squarely diverted all that onto yourself. That's awesome. Jason at (laughs) bgmechanics.com.
1: Yeah, you can can write me. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, My number 14 is a game that I recently got the expansion for through Kickstarter. So now I have two boxes for the same game. And that game is Dinosaur Island. Uh, I really enjoy this game. It's a medium weight worker placement game where you're trying to collect recipes, also known as DNA, to make these dinosaurs. Trying to keep security up so you're your um, patrons don't get eaten trying to keep the hooligans out, building good attractions in your park, upgrading your paddock so you can have more dinosaurs It's played over it, there's five different phases in each round, you're trying to be the person with the most points by collecting these goal cards through the game, so if you like worker placement and you like contract fulfillment, which is essentially what this game is I recommend this, so my number 14, Dinosaur Island
0: also of note for Dinosaur Island um, I really like this game too Um, the cool modular board thing too, makes it easy to teach. So it's like, you like focus on each number at a time. It's like an assembly line kind of. And I played this one with my wife, not to insult my wife, but she's not into heavy stuff at all. And she was like fine with playing it. I don't think she loved it, but she'd play it again probably. And I played this one with my, my two nephews. So over Christmas break, I had my, my whole family went away to like the great wolf lodge. And, um, it was like, Eleven o'clock at night one night, and my two nephews were like, "Hey, do you have a game we can play, Uncle 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 Joel, Uncle Board Game Mechanic?" Um, and so I was like, "Yeah, let's let's go play this light filler game." And they're like, "Nah, how about this one instead? It looks cool." I'm like, "Well, that one's gonna take a while." Well, we played it until like one thirty in the morning, um, but they both loved it, and they're young and not really board gamers, and they're way into Fortnite dancing and not into board games at all. So it held their attention for sure. So um, this game's awesome. Um, really cool, great components, the amazing components in it make it as high as it is, I think, too. Oh, and by the way, number 14 for me is Dinosaur Island. So um, <laughs> that worked right. out really, yeah. really well. So, um, yeah, good pick, Jason.
1: Yeah, good pick yourself.
0: All right, my number 14 is Dinosaur Island. So Dinosaur Island is a game where... Uh, no, I think we're, cool <laughs> if we're skipping that. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah I, it's a, an amazing game. If you, if you haven't got a chance to play it, try to find a copy and play it, because it's definitely... Super easy to teach. Well, not super easy, but it's easy to teach and definitely really fun to play.
0: Jonathan Gilmore can kind of do no wrong in his recent game designs, I think.
1: That's true. Yeah, he's on fire. That's for sure. Um, All right. So my number 13 is a game that you have talked about previously, and it's a game that my wife really enjoys, and it's about a guy named Billy Shakespeare, and the game is called Shakespeare. This is a worker placement uh, game of sorts, kind of like action selection worker placement game. Where you're trying to dress your people, um, recruit actors to be in your play, recruit seamstresses, set designers, um, just trying to score the most points. You're not going to get a ton of points because points are hard to come by. Money's hard to come by. you got to pay all your workers at the end of the game. Kind of like Uwe feeding his people, but this time you're feeding them money. And it doesn't look great like you mentioned before, but it's a super fun game. So if you can get a chance to pick it up, I highly recommend it. And that is Shakespeare, my number 13.
0: And it's not that it looks bad. It just looks dull. I mean, I don't know. It's really good, though. It's a really good game. Um, just looks dull for some reason. And I don't know. The way how, like, those little different colored candelabras or whatever they are show up on on your stage and you have to symmetrically build. Like, it just looks
1: <laughs> weird, you know? Yeah, it is kind of weird. It doesn't really feel thematic when you're putting those things on your board. But but it plays <laughs> so
0: well. It's really good. I mean, I'm I'm definitely down with it. I think it was... Top fifty for sure for me. Yeah, thirty four for me. Um, just a good game, and the, the most surprising thing to me, I mean, I got this on a really good discount because I think it doesn't have a lot of shelf appeal at the retail store. So I got it like half off at the retailer, and I was like, "Oh, cool, I got this." And this is one that you know, like my my co-host and his wife love. And I got it home and I tore it open and looked in the box and I was like, "Ah, oh, man." This game's incomplete. I'm going to have to figure out what components are missing.
1: <laughs> no, it's just the way it looks. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: it's just, oh, there's only like 70 cards and like a few cardboard bits. But it's really good. Um, and I don't have the little tiny expansion. I think that might make it even better for me. But there's a little expansion I know that makes it even better for when you um, are unable to do some stuff. You can actually have another like plan B kind of thing happen, right? So, I mean, pretty cool.
1: Yeah, the pieces you use that, that you don't bid with, you can actually send them to the other... Like this other side deck and take extra actions. It's cool.
0: Yeah, so it makes it a little more encouraging for you to do that that like lower bid, I guess, then right.
1: Yep, that it does.
0: Well, cool. Uh thirteen for me, Jason, is one that I think I've kind of mentioned um, indirectly on this list. And that's Clans of Caledonia. Um just a cool game. It borrows heavily from Terra Mystica for sure. There's no doubt about it. But I feel like it cleans up Terra Mystica a little bit and adds this kind of interesting market thing to it. This game actually is remarkably mean, too. For a game that doesn't have combat in it, it's just really mean. Like, people settle next to you, and they're like, oh, hey, thanks for doing such good hard work to get these resources here. Now I'm going to take some of them by just being lazy and settling next to you. Yeah, I guess I'll be a good neighbor and let you just have free stuff all the game. So I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's It can be irritating at times, but then it's also so gratifying to be like, uh oh! Somebody got a little too close to my settlement. Looks like I'm getting free milk. I don't know. Like it's just it's it's pretty cool, um, and I like how it's like as you take more things off your board, you feel like you're getting better at you know producing stuff. It's just really a nice little game. But just wish all the components were a little bigger. It feels like a travel edition for sure. Like everything's very small in the game. Um, just wish the hexes were 50 percent bigger and that you could spread your components out a little more and see things a little better. But not bad. Tiny Epic, Clans of Caledonia was my 13.
1: Yeah, this is a fun game. I, I kept it off my list. It's not on my list at all just because I already had Terra Miska on there, and I thought it was too similar, so I, I left it off.
0: They're very similar. You're right.
1: All right, so my number 12 is the highest appearance from Mr. Jamie Stegmeier, and that would be Viticulture. Ooh, yeah I think it's fallen a little bit I think it was higher the last time I, did, I ran my list but that's okay 12 is still really high <laughs> so this was my most played game last year uh, by a lot and I played this game solo what you're trying to do is it's a worker placement game you're trying to collect vines for a vineyard that's going to grow grapes and you're going to turn those grapes into certain types of wines maybe a rosé maybe a white wine maybe a red wine you're going to sell those wines to customers for points and income. And the first person to hit 20 points or 25 points, I believe, is the winner. So it's kind of a race, normal Stegmeier stuff. So if you like making wine or games about wine that aren't as heavy as some other wine games, and you like the way that Stonemeyer makes their games, I recommend this one for sure. So that, my number 12, Viticulture. And that's without Tuscany, because I only have base Viticulture. Whoa. Yeah, Dude. I I only play base viticulture and I still love it.
0: Essential edition still, but
1: yeah, essential. Yeah, so it has some Tus so like some of the Tuscany not much
0: stuff. though. I think the papas and the mamas are in there, and like there's not a ton of Tuscany in the essential, but some.
1: Yeah, I think it's just the mamas and papas.
0: Um. Uh, wow. If we if we buy the boy a copy of Tuscany that might be back in the top 10.
1: It may be. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I love it how it is. And I, I'm still not bored with it. It's, it's amazing.
0: All right. If you guys are feeling philanthropic and uh, you want to help us out with the cause, um, email me, uh, you can get to us from bgmechanics.com. Uh, we'll figure out how you can, you know, PayPal me a couple bucks so we can buy Jason a proper copy of Tuscany to put into his collection. Um, I mean, it, Man, it feels a little like you're self-abusing there. Um, honest to goodness, though, your number 12 game, and there's an expansion that makes it like 50% better, that's something to think about there. Um,
1: yep, I agree.
0: <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's really high. I'm not going to say a ton about it because um, I'm just not right now. Um, it does get compared to unnamed other winemaking game that I'm not going to say a lot about either. <laughs> um, but the thing that gets compared a lot between the two is is that people, like, really beat up Viticulture sometimes for whatever reason, for having a lot of luck in it. I mean, because you draw cards, and it's, like, somewhat card management kind of stuff. But I don't know, man. It's not like one of those cards in there is, like, a munchkin card where it's, like, restart the game. You have to play this game all over. You know, I mean, like, the cards are good, but they're not game-breaking. I don't know. It's They're enough that you need to pay attention to them,
1: but... Well, I mean, and everybody's, deal, everybody's dealing with the card thing, so it's not just one player. So everybody's dealing with it equally. Just Yeah, for sure. J- just fix it. Get better cards. Get more cards. This card cards. You can get around it. It's fine.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think luck in a game is good. I mean, like, you need a touch of luck in a game. So whatever. I, I'm not going to say it's bad. It's definitely good. And that luck stuff in there, worthwhile. Um, Jamie Jamie Stegmaier had an Instagram post of him playing this game uh, a couple weeks ago. And he plays his like open knowledge, so like you don't have a hand of cards. like you keep all your cards out face up, so you know what cards everyone has. I guess that might minimize it a little bit, but I mean, I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting that the designer himself has a house rule. So um, kind of cool. Uh, all right, well, my number 12, Jason isn't viticulture. It is one that you probably won't have much to say about, because it's uh, Bag Builder by the name of Orleans. Um, very good game. I like it better than Altiplano. I've decided for sure is great, but when Altiplano was called to the new, everyone was saying, oh man, I'm gonna use my copy of Orleans' betting material for my hamster now because Altiplano is just so darn good. Well, Or Altiplano is good. I mean it's I'm not gonna say it's not good, but I think Orleans has just got a sophistication to it and a refinement to it that is just not quite present with, with Altiplano. The other thing too is with Orleans, like you can play that game with anybody. Like You can drop that game out of its box and explain it and play it, and people understand it's very straightforward on here's how you get your points in this game. And um, I don't know, man. I, I think that's really something to be said for this game, and it can be played with a lot of crowds. It's really just truly a good way to introduce bag building, and then it's got some good depth to it. And if you don't feel like it's got enough depth to it, it's got a couple of really killer expansions, one of which puts these contract fulfillment things out there which adds a whole another layer of brain burning. So um Orleans my number twelve. Jason, did you want to say anything about this one yet?
1: Uh I I do really like this game. It's it's a fun game. Yeah. Yeah. It it has lots of cardboard stuff.
0: Maybe it'll make the top one hundred next year. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I think I forgot this one. This week. All right, number (laughs) eleven. Number eleven is this is gonna be a little bit of a spoiler. The number 11 is my lowest Vital Lacerda game that I've I've played. (laughs) (laughs) That I've played. There's the caveat. So my number 11 is Lisboa. It's only this low because I've only actually played it not solo one time. I've played it solo a bunch of times, but I need to experience, experience it more with more people before I can say if it's better than his other games that I've actually played with other people. So essentially what you're doing in this game is you're rebuilding the city of Lisboa, After the earthquake, the fire, and the flood. You're trying to um, get ships so you can sell goods. It's hard to explain because there's a ton of stuff going on in this game. You're trying to build public buildings that are going to make the buildings that you make of your own worth extra points. You're trying to collect in-game goal cards to make everything else that you're doing worth extra points. Um, You're trying to get favors with the nobles. I think there's an architect, a king, and a somebody else, the builder, and you're trying to get favors with them. So you can do extra actions, ton of stuff going on. Everything is linked together in the normal Vitale way. So if you like Vitao games and you like brain Bernie, just beasts that are going to make you feel dumb then I highly recommend this one. And that's my number 11, Lisboa. Uh,
0: how did Vita describe this game the other day? He said, "It's a simple card game. Just play a card, take a card,
1: right, <laughs> or something like that." Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, you play a card to take a card, which is true. That is what you do, but there's way more to it.
0: Yeah, you're rebuilding Lisboa. I mean, and it's I don't know, man. It looks it looks it looks like it's totally abstract and really dry and just a thick game, and it it's those things. But it's just it's really fun and engaging, um, and it's not too hard to figure out. Honestly, um, I don't know. This might be the easiest. Vidal Lacerda game to teach, honestly.
1: That's true. Um, that, that player aid book is amazing.
0: Yeah, it's really good. Um, I don't have much else to say about this one. Uh, by contrast, my lowest uh, Vidal Lacerda game that I have on my list appeared at a mere 53. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, I do like Vidal Lacerda a lot, though. But uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, so before you go into your number 11, my 11 to number 1, those those 11 games are five different designers.
0: Wow, that's interesting.
1: That's it. Yeah, I was just looking at that at, like before I started saying Lisboa. And I was like, man, I like a lot of the same dudes. So, <laughs> Just little... see if
0: I can figure out how many designers I have in my top 10. Uh, Magic the Gathering, Robo Rally, Bunny <laughs> Kingdom, Key Forge. Richard Net Garfield. Rider. Oh, yeah. Jeez, uh, that's, that's, that's a lot of Richard <laughs> Garfield.
1: Yeah, he didn't make my list at all. Maybe once for King of Something. He might have. I think one of those was on there.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is, that, is, that is a Garfield game, isn't it? Yep. Man, it's th- those are seven and eight, so man, I have a lot of Garfield.
1: <laughs> Bunny kingdom all day.
0: Just kidding. My top tens all Reiner Kinesia. Um,
1: <laughs> on guard, on guard 2.0. Uh,
0: that might have been true, like, ten years ago. Um, okay, anyway, eleven. Uh, 11 yep, 11 uh, like I was saying my second highest Rosenberg game was Lahav, um followed by my highest Rosenberg game Bonanza. just kidding um I mean that's a good game again <laughs> yeah, yeah in all seriousness not, it is a great it's, game <laughs> it's not number 11 it's just funny because it's like <laughs> I don't know. It's it's like uh, it's like take like uh, Michael Schumacher, like amazing race car driver, like has this astounding career as a race car driver, and then you also find out on the side he does like equestrian horse jumping events. Like it's just totally out of character, you know. Like that's how Bonanza is. It's like <laughs> just totally bizarrely out of character. Yeah, it is. I don't know. That's not true, I guess. Because I guess if we're going to compare, like, Michael Schumacher to Faye Rosenberg, it'd be like Rosenberg decides to do do car racing. He, like destroys the whole world of car racing, conquers it, and then he goes, you know what? I think I'm going to go do a question horse riding. And then he does that, and he like, becomes the best at that. And then he goes, you know what? I think I'm going to play Tetris for the rest of my life because <laughs> that's like kind of what Rosenberg did. He's like, you know what? I'm going to make these amazing worker placement games that are just punishing and hard, and everyone's going to love them. And then I'm going to go ahead and just decide to make all my games about strange shapes on a board that people without any spatial awareness cannot play. So I don't know, maybe he's off that kick now and he'll start making some other games, but we'll see. Um, Anyway, speaking of Uwe Rosenberg, uh, my number 11 game. I mean, like I'm not beating the guy up because I like his games. You made number 11 on my list. Number 11 is Caverna. I really like this game. It feels like Agricola for people who are nicer. I don't know. Like, and like silly little themes of having a family, that goes out and works hard in the fields all day raises their food and then they come home at night and they decide you know what the family that farms together digs in the cave for emeralds and diamonds together. And so they start going into a cave and digging for treasure. I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it, it plays pretty well. It's pretty fun. Um, I'm getting really giddy, slap happy right now, so I better stop talking. But Kevin is my number 11. A good game. It's just like all the other games of that era of Rosenbergs, but it's the one I like. It's the right way. It's the right difficulty. It's the right amount of interaction and everything so caverna
1: yeah this is oh, only not on my list because i haven't played it so i've i've played agricola so it's on my list
0: yeah i think you'd like caverna okay but it wouldn't be an agricola for you agricola just it's gonna hit the right notes better for you than caverna
1: yeah that's what i figured so yeah i'm cool with agricola it still works
0: well this is that's one of those uh i don't know i wouldn't quite say that i mean like it's one of those games where i don't know that it's quite worth having both those games because there is just a lot of overlap between those two um I had both at one point, and I got rid of my copy of Agricola. I might have not chosen real well. I don't know. It depends on the day. I miss Agricola sometimes. But Agricola didn't quite get as high as Caverna did for me. Um, And I think I almost put Caverna slash Agricola as my number 11, but Caverna is the one that I put there. So no regrets. That's cool. Yeah. Scales really well, too.
1: That's it, man. Ten games to go, Jason. I know, it's crazy. Dude, I'm, I'm so pumped about my number 10. I get to talk about so many games that I love. I'm so pumped.
0: Oh, boy. Uh, all right, let's 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 play a game called Joel's Gonna Guess. Joel's Gonna Guess, uh, Jason's Top 10 Games. You
1: shouldn't have to guess. You should know,
0: like, eight of them. I, I'll, I'll bet I could name right now. I'll name six of them right off the top of my head, Jason. Uh, Star Wars Rebellion is definitely on there.
1: You're right. Okay, number one.
0: Uh, let's see here. Uh, Seventh Continent definitely is something you'd definitely be into. Yeah, number nine. Mansions of Badness, second edition, probably. Number
1: two.
0: Uh, Mechs versus Minions. I don't think you've said that one yet.
1: No, that's number 10.
0: And then I know your number one game, for sure. 100% 10 out of 10 is Kingdom Death Monster. So. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I said it was something else, but you're right. It's really KDM. That's what we like to call it KDM.
0: KDM. Yeah, it's a good one. That's
1: what the, uh, that's what the cool so kids yeah. say. Yeah.
0: Well, then the other rest are space games, but I'm not sure which <laughs> space games you like the best. So All of them? Yeah, well, that's tough. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I guess that's about it.
1: Yeah, I got nothing. I'll try to have some news next week, not be a slacker.
0: Ah, Jason, it's just slow time, too. All right, well, cool. We still managed to fill an hour, um, so that's cool. Um, well, I'm Joel. And I'm Jason.
1: Keep doing